So today on the Sound Iron Podcast, we are going to talk about music in the metaverse. We're going to talk about ByteDance Ripple. We're going to talk about Zimmer making a flex, a little bit of a money flex. I think you'll like oh. it. We're going to talk about uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, dynamic okay. duo. We like duos oh. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And consuming instead of creating and Quadril 3. Craig, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Incredible. So Extraordinary. The first thing to talk about is Korg released Gadget VR, which is a virtual reality music studio made for MetaQuest headsets. Oh, wow. Ben Rogerson says, is it time to take your music production into the metaverse? And I would say probably not for me, but (laughs) uh, this Korg Gadget VR is a 3D circle of synthesizers and drum machines and things like that all Mm -hmm. virtual so you put the headset on and you can like spin around and you see like a mixer and a synth and another synth and a drum machine and you can touch them pretend to touch them virtually yeah yeah touch the virtual products and Mm -hmm. you can tweak them and make music in the metaverse so it is thirty dollars to buy the app and uh, I actually would be curious to watch somebody doing this and listen to the music they create because it, lo- it looks interesting and fun, uh, much like uh, rhythm games that you can play in the metaverse, like Beat Saber. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's uh, a long way from showtime. Yeah, I remember. Oh, man, I can't. It was like a few years. <laughs> so I start off with saying it. I remember and then I forget what year. <laughs> uh, but it was I don't know, a couple years back at Nam. And I remember there was this booth of like a virtual studio, like like a 3D, like you put it on and you have like a, these little things you put in your hand and you can like push like virtual faders and like oh, you're yeah. in a virtual studio. Yeah. And it was not the, the most uh, enjoyable experience. <laughs> like it's like it's cool. seems like, a you know, but it was you could tell it was very infant stage. Yeah. But that yeah, I can see people wanting to do that. Eventually, people's home studios are just it's just going to be like an empty room right they're just gonna have a a vr headset and like padding on their walls so they don't like knock themselves out (laughs) well i had to run over and and you know turn the knob down my gain staging was off and then i headbutted the wall right sorry dad i was rocking too hard for my live performance yeah i was working on this mix and you know the crowds were uh, loving it yeah so uh, i mean it seems like a lot of things are going to be going that way especially because the popularity of vr has been you know getting more and more yeah developed and stuff have you used vr at all ah man maybe some old stuff i haven't used any of those like oculuses or like the the new ones i knew some people that were super into it yeah i I had a a neighbor back in the day that used to play beat saber and he was like hardcore into (laughs) beat saber right you'd be like yeah i got i'm like ranked like number three and blah 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 i'm just like okay you know it's (laughs) like sounds sweaty yeah it's like when guitar hero was all popular like yeah even though I'm a guitar player, I was like, I mean, it's it's fun, but I'm not going to be all like trying hours to play Dragon, Dragon Force at like a thousand beats per minute or something. <laughs> like, no thanks. But yeah, I mean, I'm. it'd be cool to, to, to try it out. I mean, there's some games I remember a while back that were, I think, for those like VR things like Resident Evil 7. Oh, yeah. I remember playing that and I was like, dude, if I played this in VR, I would probably end up tripping over a table and breaking my neck on something because <laughs> that game is already terrifying. All so right. I can't even imagine actually feeling like someone's flying at you and trying to stab you or something. But no, I don't need that experience in my life. No, I don't need that kind of trauma. 
okay, the next thing is TikTok owner ByteDance launches Ripple, which is a new app that generates music based on what you sing or hum into it. So you hmm. pick you pick a style and then you just hold on your phone, you just like you're recording to Instagram or whatever, but you mm-hmm. sing or hum a melody and Ripple will turn it into a song. So this is a perfect app for you. Oh yeah, you know, let me some beatboxing. <laughs> so uh, it's in closed beta right now, but it will come up with drum, bass, keyboard, and other parts. It won't do the vocals for you, though. You'll have to record those yourself. Interesting. So so if you create a melody, then it, it tries to like auto-tune the melody and then create an, an arrangement around it? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. You sing a melody into it, and then it'll like try to make a steady drum beat to it and a chord progression and all of that. That's kind of cool. Oh, to me, that's cooler than the the metaverse music making thing. Yeah, it's a cool idea, I think. Yeah, especially if, you know, because I mean, like with the AI music stuff, like just like entering prompts or like the idea of that, it's not really, I don't think that's very cool. But the idea of you coming up with some kind of melody and then it's sort of trying to help you out with, oh, like here's here's maybe some ideas for drums. That'd be cool if you can take a melody and change like the like the time signature or the arrangement like oh maybe like put this on this or something like that that'd be yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah i don't know how smart it is i mean it's a tiktok developer so like i'm not sure how uh how much you can stretch it but it seems like a fun idea to try at least a couple times yeah yeah i remember the do you remember those it was like around the time when T-Pain was first coming out and then there was some apps on your phone that yeah. I think it was called like a T-Pain machine right. where it would like like take whatever you sing and then like auto-tune it and put, I don't know if it put music behind it or something like that, but yeah. It was like Those... auto-tune the news for a while on YouTube, big deal uh, as well. Like just auto-tune everything. Yeah, like how hard do you want it? Just 100% <laughs> T-Pain to the max. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean, those kind of apps I think were fun. You know, and, oh and, yeah. You know, I don't know if I would necessarily use it as a, a serious tool for getting ideas, but I mean, seems like it'd be fun or can maybe get some kind of inspiration just from from that. I think it's great to introduce kids to music and having fun with music, regardless of uh, the process to get them there. So totally. I'm down for a, a humming app. Yeah, it's like those old like the, you know, when you go to the toy section and <laughs> like Toys R Us or well, I don't I don't think Toys R Us is around anymore. Yeah, rip. but like. Yeah, R.I.P. But um, another element of my childhood stripped away from me. But uh, <laughs> like you know, when you go to or like Walmart or Target or something, like they have those little like musical toys where it's just like a little like one octave piano or something, yeah. or like the little guitars where you push the button and it just kind of like auto generates stuff. Like I think that's yeah, those kind of things are cool and just getting it going, starting get, them early, getting the kids into the music. Okay, so your boy Hans Zimmer has reportedly bought the BBC's iconic Maida Vale Studios for 10 million pounds. And we use uh, USD here, so that is $13 million. And this legendary facility has been used to record sessions by David Bowie, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, Beyonce, and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... He acquired this London facility through 14th Street Music, his music production and publishing company. And the building was built in 1909. It was originally a roller skating palace, which is pretty fun. Mm. Uh, The BBC purchased it in 1933, and the BBC Orchestra was performing and playing and practicing and recording in it 
since then. And Mm -hmm. then they shut it down in 2018. And I guess it's sat there since then. So Zimmer plans to use the building as a British base for writing film scores. And it houses seven studios inside it. So this thing is huge. Oh, so he's going to turn it into like another remote control sort of thing or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know for sure. Right. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't been too open about his plans, but it sounds like he's going to have the, uh, British remote control. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty wild. That's yeah. a, it's a little chunk of change. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a little chunk of change. That's that pirates of the Caribbean money. Mm-hmm. Hey man, if you got it. And you have idea, big ideas, scare money, don't make money. You know <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, we should have front ran him. We could have split it. We got to get him on the podcast. Tell us, tell us what's going on. Yeah. Come on, Hans. <laughs> Spill Give the us beans. the scoop. Okay. So the other thing, there's a YouTuber named Cuckoo. Yeah. He's got the, the wild hair. He does synth stuff. And uh, he did an interview recently on Music Radar. And they said, do you have any advice for aspiring creatives? And he said, it's very easy to resort to consuming instead of creating. Sitting there and watching a ton of stuff on your phone, then it's time to go to bed. As creators, I think we need to monitor our own habits and be aware of them. If some of them stop you from being creative, they should be very easy to spot. Take your phone and put it somewhere else. The physical relief is something I feel when I put my phone away. I should do it more often. There is also no creative motivation that is too dumb or mundane. Every kind is good enough in my book. Don't wait for a super legit good idea. Just go for it. So I liked that and I felt a little called out on the phone thing. It's so easy to just get sucked in. Yeah, yeah. You got to put it on mute or put it face down. You know what's something I don't know. Well, I don't know what kind of phone you have, but on the iPhone, they have these different like focus things, which are yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So you can set it to where like you don't get notifications from certain apps. If you don't want to get blown up by Instagram or Facebook Messenger or, or whatever it is that tends to bling, bling, bling. <laughs> right. But you can set it up to where like, if, let's say you, you, you can only take important phone calls or messages from, let's say your wife, you know, yeah. she's out in the store. You don't, you know, you don't want her left in the dust. You know, if something, you know, get a flat tire or something, Yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So I think uh, if you can take advantage of stuff like that, if you do need to keep your phone next to you, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of times when I see uh, on Facebook, like Facebook groups, I always see like composers on Facebook groups. I'm just like, how do, how does everyone have time to be <laughs> composing, you know, a, a few minutes of music a day or however many minutes of music a week uh-huh. and you're on Facebook all the time, like. They must just have like Facebook just right there, just chilling. Yeah, or or, the, or that's like their smoke break, you know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like oh, I need to conjure up some ideas. Let me go on the old FB and <laughs> let me go live in the comments. Up. Yeah, it's kind of kind of like that that video I showed you the other day that the one where the dude was talking about the stallion theory. Yeah, and just having like way too many like options. That's like uh-huh. another thing I think you know on the consumer side. It's easy to to start getting into. Oh, I'm not really feeling it. Maybe I need to buy something. It's like watching content and like buying things could almost yeah. be a way. It's like a distraction, procrastination. But it, but it may but it makes you feel good. And you're like, oh man, I got this this cool new thing, you know. But then a week goes by, and then you're just kind of like, and it's something that can be a struggle too, especially as you get older. I think where yeah. you know you're maybe you're not as like hardcore about 
you know, certain things or, or you start to feel a little burned out, which you see a lot and finding new ways to spark your inspiration again, or mm-hmm. maybe breaking out of habits that you have that maybe aren't really helping you unleash your creativity. Yeah. Uh, sometimes seeing watching videos can do that, but sometimes I think it's like people who watch a lot of motivational videos and they get all pumped, but they don't really do anything. They're just kind of binging on getting that, getting that dopamine rush. Yeah. It's tricky. Speaking of buying things, I would really like you to go buy Quadral 3 if you haven't already. Quadral 3 is my newest artist library with SoundIron. And unlike many other products, it will not continue your gas. You'll you'll live with this thing. You'll enjoy spending time making music with this thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't I can't guarantee it, but I will say that I have enjoyed making music with this thing. Come on, man. If if you're gonna if you're gonna push it, you gotta be like men's warehouse. Like yeah. you're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> Just you know? go straight Billy Mays with it. Yeah, you're gonna like the way you sound. I guarantee it. And I, I mean, honestly, you know, I'm not trying to toot your horn, <laughs> but this is my favorite quadril. Just because uh, the whole redesign that we did for the Ouroboros engine mm-hmm. is just so much more tidied and clean. And we've added new things, added you know the wavetable stuff, the user import stuff is some of my favorite, and just yeah. being able to like. You know, I think that's a really cool way for because I'm sure there's a lot of people that have a lot of recordings that they've done or used or some people don't know how to make a sample library or that sort of thing. And having all the cool features to really take those recordings and and do something awesome with it. Yeah. And just experimenting around and in the walkthrough, if if any of you haven't watched the walkthrough, you should definitely check it out. Um, the user sample import section that I did was really cool because I took some different samples from some sound iron libraries like the Venus choir and Frendo. And I was like, what if I tried to make some interesting horror patch, you know, cause you have like two different uh, choir drones and then like some bowed sounds from Frendo. And then this like violin string thing that I, I played, I recorded it for, I don't know, like a minute or something, just kind of going in and out of a half step and playing it very like Ponticello like, mm-hmm. And just being able to like go in, in and out of these different layers with the different effects and stuff going on in the background and like things ha- mapped to the macros. I was just like, holy beep, this thing is pretty damn cool. And then you can swap out other sounds, the randomized thing, which we just put a video out on today to, you know, put a focus on that because it's honestly one of the really cool features of the library is just being able to randomize what sounds are loaded the different sound shaping controls, you know, stuff can change from, you know, the way the offset and the attack are set up and the, you know, stuff's pitched and uh, how the different XY pad stuff is, is mapped and it's really cool. And it, it's awesome to just be able to just randomize your way into getting inspired because sometimes, sometimes people like that. It's like musical playing the slot machines, you know? You're like, oh, that's right. exactly. Yeah, that's right. You're like, boom. Okay. All right. But oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, let me keep going. Boom. Jackpot. <laughs> and then you're on your way to composing your next sweet track, you know, but long-winded story. Yes, I approve. Yeah. Quadral 3 is also my favorite of the three. Uh, user sample import, adding your own and making, using our tools alongside your samples is a really cool way for composers to get unique sounds fast. And then the wavetables uh, just add a whole new element to it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about like the sound design concepts behind all three quadrils 
And uh, the first place that I start is making the categories. So I make the category mm. folders. So I'll have fragmented, I'll have acoustic, I'll have balmy, I'll have cerebral, and then I will start making sounds. And as I'm making a sound, usually it's it's a, a mix of acoustic and electronic sources. So let's say a banjo and the Novation Peak running through a pedal board and maybe an acoustic guitar and then the Micro Freak. And I'll have those four, then a ton of plugins on it. And then whatever sound comes out of that, I will decide like, okay, this sounds fragmented. This is now fragmented one. Mm -hmm. And so each synth sound in the library is a combination of three to five different sound sources with a bunch of plugins on top. And you have four layers of that. So you can easily be playing like 16 synths when you play one note. And uh, yeah. so you get some really, really wacky and wild sounds, but I wanted to keep it as tonal as possible. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not like an atonal serial mess, but it is uh, a really fast way to get pads and just atmospheres. Yeah. Cause I always, always love the, the being able to crossfade between different sound sources yeah. and being able to utilize the, the tempo sync XY pad and being able to now one of the awesome things that we added to this as well is now you can map the X and the Y to mm -hmm. CC controllers, which is really cool. And that's a feature that people have asked about. So we've included it. And that's another way to have even more control because, you know, you can turn on the X and the Y and just let it do its thing, depending on how you set the speed and the range. But being able to have a little bit more hands-on control, like one of the things I talked about in the walkthrough was being able to have something like the the Y axis enabled yeah. with the speed and range just kind of going up and down on its own. And then using CC1 or you know your modulation and being able to just go up and down. So like it'll be sweeping or no left and right. So it'll be going up and down on its own. And then you can, you know, if you want to go up into layer layer two. Yeah. And then down into layer four and three and, and just get a lot of movement. And it really helps make these different uh, ambient loops even more just, you know, because it's not like you, oh, I hear the loop. You're never going to hear the loop because it's always changing. You're always mm -hmm. coming into a different point of the loop. And then with all the different effects and stuff, it just really makes it to where if you're doing any kind of video game scoring, especially, and you're just doing these uh, ambient tracks where characters just kind of walking around and you right. just always want it to kind of evolve, you know, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. The XY pad is money. Yeah. You, you can't mess with the XY pad. So it's just all of that together. And then like with the macro stuff that we've added, it, you know, you can now assign the X and Y to the macros and the mm -hmm. macros can control different effects or different aspects of the sound shaping controls, depending on what layer you have loaded. So it's really an, endless you know I, I know some people might hear that term a lot but really with this like you really can do a ton especially when you start utilizing your own samples and i think that's a great way for people to not only use what we've provided but make it their own yeah. and make it feel like they have a little bit more of their own personality that they can utilize with the library which i think is awesome exactly so you record your guitar playing one note like tremolo and then you bounce that out, you throw it into quadril, you got your own sound. Bada bing, bada boom, you're going to like the way you sound. 
boom. So it's $39, $39 right now on intro. Definitely worth checking out, especially since it's on intro. So we're going to talk about a dynamic duo, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And the reason that this came up is twofold. Number one, I rewatched Gone Girl this weekend. Have you seen that movie? Hmm. I have not. That's a Ben Affleck movie, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, have you listened to the score? I have not. Okay. It seems like a score you would like. I was oh, okay. expecting you to say, I haven't watched the movie, but I have listened to the score. Yeah. That is something that I tend to say. That's a Craig Peters move right there. Yeah. That, yeah yep. That's, that's what I do best. I uh, listen to scores and don't watch movies. So Trent Reznor in 2010 got a call from David Fincher and David Fincher said, I would like you to score the social network. And he was like, I've never really done a film score. And I just told myself that I would take a break from touring and from working and just like have some me time. So it's not you. It's not the script. I I just, I'm out of my element and uh, you should find somebody else. And then he like felt really bad about saying no to David Fincher as you probably should. And uh, so a couple of weeks later he called him and he was like, Hey, just, I just wanted to retell you that, uh, it wasn't you. It wasn't the, the movie. It's, it's like it, everything about it sounds really cool. And uh, I would love to do your next movie, uh, in, in a couple of years or whatever. And David mm-hmm. Fincher was like, I'm still waiting for you to do this movie. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he was like, Oh, uh, okay. So he went over there and they started working on the film. Trent is kind of the creative emotional force behind the duo and Atticus provides a lot of the editing and sequencing and uh, behind the scenes, like hard work of Mm -hmm. putting things together, remembering melodies and ideas and uh, like mixing them and blending them like almost a a producer. Yeah. Keeping it all together. And yeah, exactly. So Trent is kind of a flow kind of uh, composer. Uh, A lot of things just like flowing and they just kind of a stream of consciousness style Mm -hmm. and then he says that he'll leave the room and like go for a coffee break or whatever and he'll come back and atticus has put together all of these like random ideas and snippets into something very usable and good so he kind of like takes his genius and then interprets it in in his own way yeah sort of thing interesting yeah i mean it it makes sense that trent reznor would start doing film scoring and stuff like that because his music is already super cinematic you know like any nine inch nail stuff you listen to it's just yeah a lot of it just yields itself to very cinematic and kind of puts images in your head and moods right super moody yeah and and i think he's just one of those creative people that can do that so it, it totally makes sense to to see that he's doing that now and and i think it's really cool so 2010 social network he wins an oscar for the score and he said it was like i entered a race never running before and won he said it was like the strangest thing and he was sitting at tables with composers like he knew the name of but he didn't know personally and he was like what am i doing here like how did i get here kind of thing yeah i could see that being sort of an awkward feeling especially because he seems like i mean is is huge of an artist as he is he when you watch him talk in interviews i don't know if you've seen interviews with trent 
like he doesn't seem like a very cocky guy like you can tell like he's a, a guy who doesn't like to be out very much or has right. seems seems kind of closed off probably to most Private. people so like him being it like in a completely different element him, him even probably being at like the mtv music awards back when getting awards for nine snails he's probably still like what am i doing here but yeah. i could i could see that feeling you know especially if you're wondering if people are like well this guy just got a grammy because he's trent Reznor." sure but it's just you're going to get some some people probably feeling like that, but hey, it doesn't matter whether he's been doing film scoring or not. The dude's been making music for a long time. Yeah. Have you listened to the social network score? Uh, not on its own. I have seen I have seen the movie. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, but probably should just listen to it. It's cool. Uh, so some fun facts about Trent. He went to college for a year for computer engineering, and he was raised by his grandparents. He was a Boy Scout. He started piano at five years old. Mm-hmm. He had his first beer at 13 years old. And, okay. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, that's part of his like story is um, recovering and being sober. He got sober yeah. in 2001. And um, so that's, that's something that he talks about a lot. But he, mm-hmm. he went on the Rick Rubin podcast mm. uh, last month. And so I listened to that and he got to talk about doing the David Fincher thing. And uh, he's had like a great relationship with David Fincher since then. And they've worked on a lot of stuff. So Gone Girl, the score for that was really interesting because David Fincher went to a chiropractor and they were playing this like ambient music in the office that was supposed Mm -hmm. to like calm you down and make you feel good. But it was unsettling. Mm -hmm. It was like the Mm. opposite. So (laughs) he said like, he said, that's the idea. Like I want it to feel like this meditative trancey ambient music but it's like messing with your mind and uh, mm-hmm. an insincere insincere facade he said that the music that he heard was inauthentically trying to make him feel okay and it became a perfect metaphor for the film interesting yeah it's like listening to the song hurt where you hear like you know just a couple of notes just slightly off or you're always hearing the sound of like a just a record player just all right these little elements that you don't really notice that they're there maybe on the first go but you're just like why do i feel so like uncomfortable i feel a little uncomfortable yeah so nine inch nails did an album called ghosts and i don't know how much you know about this i just learned about it today but they went in and they had like a picture and or like of something and they said like start to finish one song is done each day so by the end of the day, the song is done. Whatever you have at the end is what we're shipping, mm-hmm. which is a, a really cool idea. It's like a Brian Eno-esque kind of idea, but mm-hmm. you take a photograph, um, something very sensory, gives you emotions, gives you instrumentation, and mm-hmm. then you have 12 hours. Good luck. And uh, David Fincher took some of that music from Ghosts and tempted the social network with it. Oh, okay. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good way of just like super focusing on one thing. Yeah. Cause going going back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, I, I think think you need that if you're like to to be able to do something like that, like crank out a song in twelve hours. Like cause sometimes you might just be crank it out in a couple hours uh-huh. if you're if you get in that that flow state but yeah i think that's a great way especially if if your your setup is set up in a way to where like you, you're not very distracted i think you could totally be able to pull that off he's very passionate about deadlines as well mm. 
he talks a lot about deadlines. I guess he was touring while he was composing Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. He was on tour with Nine Inch Nails. And so he was like, yeah, we had these hard deadlines for the music. And that really helped me focus and get it done and not procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially trying to do something on tour, too, because tour is already yeah. crazy, especially you know the level of Nine Inch Nails. I give it to him. He's been grinding a long time. Mm-hmm. So both him and Atticus are parents. Um, Trent has five kids, and I believe Atticus has three. And they talk about their work schedule is very interesting. They say they get up before the sun, and they try to quit by midday. Mm. So he said, I guess, I guess they work from like 5 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I'm sure there's exceptions when there's big deadlines and big crunches. But uh, I like that schedule. Yeah, especially if you have kids. I mean, because if you can have someone who's taking care of them during the day and you're up before everyone else is up, it's a little bit easier to get into that. All right. I don't have any distractions sort of thing. Yeah. Keep the phone outside. Yeah, that's crazy. The quitting quitting by 12, I would think, because I know there's you know some people that like they they'll hard cut it off at, you know, 5 p.m. I'm done. Sure. Monday through Friday, eight to five. Or, or nine to five or whatever their, you know, your schedule is. And, you know, having that hard cut off time for the family. Cause I think it's very easy to just stay immersed in, in your studio or right. wherever, whatever you do. I think, uh, I think having stuff like that, like either writing deadlines or dead or having hard cutoffs for when you shut it off. You know, I think those are important. Absolutely. Have you seen the movie soul, the Pixar movie that came out? I have. Okay. I have. I, re- I yeah, was, I really like that one. I was really surprised that they did that movie. Yeah, because there's a lot of like jazzy elements and stuff. Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's not the style that I was expecting from them. Yeah, I think I didn't even know he did the music for that until after the movie. You know, this is like the like the credits, and I was like, "What?" Right. Kind of thrown off, but yeah. They've had a they've had a pretty killer career, and they're very choosy about the projects they work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about being choosy on the Rick Rubin podcast that he went on last month, but he said like, are we going to become a factory of, mm-hmm. you know, producing film scores or are we going to take our time and, and like only work with who we want to work with and all that stuff. And so I suppose that is the nice thing about uh, having some fame under your belt. He said like, he's not planning on touring anytime soon. And like with uh, nine inch nails and they mm-hmm. might just be done touring. We'll see about that because he wants to spend time with his, <laughs> with his kids, his five kids. Yeah, yeah, he'll 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 probably get the itch for it in, in another year or two. Yeah, because um, yeah, I actually got to see Nine Inch Nails when when I was out in France. Oh, that really? was that was really cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was right when we were, I think, fifteen minutes before our set was over, they started playing on the main stage. Nice. So right after we were done, my girlfriend and I like literally I'm like packing all my stuff up on the stage and like <laughs> running to the main stage to go catch them. And because uh, that's like one of her favorite bands, if not her favorite band. And I really like Nine Inch Nails. So and it was just like, man, it'd be so cool to you know actually get to see them you know, in another country. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to whenever they they come back around. That's killer. I think he will. Because there's times where I think he was like, yeah, we're not doing no more. And then I'm sure they get a little bored and like, all right. I think I want to get back on that, get back out there. Yeah. Or the fans are screaming loud enough that you're like, yeah, okay, we'll give them what they want. We'll go. Yeah. We'll go yeah. do a couple shows. Yeah. Especially when you're at that, that point of a band 
in your career where, I mean, he could retire, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, so being choosy about projects is totally understandable because it's like, if you're done, you've done all this stuff, you should be a little bit more picky about what you wanting to work on because then you'll really be super into it when you work on it. Not just like, oh, I got this gig because it's not like he yeah. gets the money. You're not doing it for the check, right? Yeah. Like it should be for the actual want of doing it. So I, yeah, I totally get that. So now we can move on to our recommendations section. So I found a plugin this week called InstaVibe. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's by Linda Audio. It's a free plugin and it is a creative audio effect, which can bring several kinds of modulation and distortion to your tracks. And uh, it's got tube distortion, harmonic enhancing, EQ, some noise, some wow and flutter and uh, some chorus. So it's kind of like a all in one. You throw it on for InstaVibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, the GUI is pretty nice. I'm always looking for stuff to sound design more samples because uh, eventually I have to make Quadro 4 is what I'm hearing. So uh, You can't you can't <laughs> do a Quadro series without having the fourth one be right. Quadro. So that's the free plugin of the week right there. And then I found a website that you might like. It's called Mindful Harmony. Hmm. And it is like a big old circle of fifths and you select one of them and then you can pick chords and make a chord progression. So the it's in beta right now, but it says helping you write unique and harmonically rich music. Hmm. And so I made a chord progression uh, in Phrygian and I had Ooh. some extended chords going on and I was like, Ooh, that's kind of nice. It's getting spicy up in here. It's getting spicy. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, if you're in a creative rut and you're looking for some chord progressions, you can just start clicking around and uh, get something pretty interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I remember, I don't know if I mentioned it before. I'll, I'll send you the link and we can include it if uh, we want to put it in the description for recommendations. Yeah. But it was this like, or like orchestrator okay. page. Like, uh, I don't remember the, the person who created it, but you can click different chords and like create different chord progressions, but hear it sort of played back with an orchestra. Oh, yeah. I remember you I, sending me that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it just orchestrates it with like strings and brass, or if there's woodwinds, but it just ha- like it just plays these long like two D chords. Yeah, it's just and, sustains. Yeah, and it's really neat. Like I've actually gotten uh, got some ideas for for little chord progression because you could just click and go back and forth like eh, mm, and like going between major and minor or you know that sort of thing. And it's really an easy way to just kind of just get some some sounds playing back at you that are like oh like that sounds cool like without actually having to program it all in yeah and then from there you can you know get inspired from different chord progressions um yeah so I, i'd definitely be down to to check that out that sounds cool the other thing i would recommend is the bear season two. Oh, you stole you stole my recommendation i i agree with you the bear is something i've been looking forward to i know we've talked about it on the podcast and yeah saw season two i think i binged it <laughs> I got like through half the season and then sort of broke it out over a couple of days, but I really liked it. I mean, I, I know uh, uh, you were saying you, you liked the first season a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah. So one review I read was the first season is a war story and the second season is a sports team trying to win a championship. <laughs> and I, I think that's a pretty good analogy. Yeah. 
I really liked the second season too. Like it was great to see the character development and see every, like what everybody's up to. Uh, and I'm excited for season three. I hope that they make a season three. Yeah. They're definitely going to do a season three. Cause I mean, the show's done well. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, was it Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White? Is that yeah. The, the, yeah. I mean, he's just gotten awards for, for, you know, his character Carmi. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. I, yeah. I like that. It, it shows more of the character development and also more of like their family dynamic. Yeah. You get a little bit of an insight into sort of like why they are the way that they are, you know, because right. a lot of the, you know, if, especially if you've seen season one, try no spoilers really, but like a lot of the characters seem very high strung. There's a lot oh, of yeah. tension, you know, without really making it feel like it's trying to be overdramatic. That's why I like it so much is that mm-hmm. it feels very natural in the way that they do their dialogue and stuff. But um, I, I like, to to see that and because you're seeing them you know with their own personal struggles while not only just trying to get this business going but also just dealing with their own personal issues and it's just a really good show so if you haven't seen it i mean if you like food and cooking you'll probably like this show even if you don't you'll probably like this show oh you know what's another show that um it's a hulu show that i was watching over the weekend it's really good it's called this fool Oh yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen like the first three episodes of it. I like yeah, it. it's super funny. It's just like a really funny show. It's kind of ridiculous at, at times. Yeah, but that's another Hulu show that I would I would recommend to 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 check out if you got Hulu. I think the reason that we talk about food so much on this podcast is there's there's a lot of crossover in the art mm-hmm. forms between food and right. music. Uh, they're both consumables. They're both something that takes a lot of work and perfecting the craft and it's also very subjective like some people like this kind of food some people like this kind of music and others Mm -hmm. hate it and uh so watching each character on the bear like learn the art form in a specific way and work on their craft is inspiring Mm -hmm. to music yeah because you got like the you know the characters who uh one of the things i thought was interesting was jeremy allen white actually was doing culinary yeah education and stuff and working in actual top tier restaurants to to really get into that into that role which i thought was neat they used zero hand doubles for Mm -hmm. any of the cutting board like knife shots so like everything you see is actually them chopping stuff yeah which is which is i I think that's awesome you know because it's like when you watch a movie about someone who's like a famous violinist and you can always tell when you know, like sometimes they might mimic it pretty closely, yeah. but that's, that's just a hard thing, you know, or like, you know, the, the pianist, like, okay, like, like no one's just going to all of a sudden like be an actor and like, all right, you got to develop, you know, Chopin chops in, uh, you know, six months all right, or, or, or six weeks or something like that. You know, it's like, it's easier for an actor to bulk up 20 pounds for like a superhero movie than it is probably for somebody to try and develop technical skills like that. Totally. But yeah, I say watch it if you haven't if not you're, you're missing out i know i was missing out for a long time and you were <laughs> you were like hey craig you gotta watch the bear and i was planning on it but let's, let's just say I, I don't regret the decision that i made to watch good it. good things take time that's what i hear good things take time yep all right that concludes the sound iron podcast for this week if you like what you heard please subscribe it really helps us out with making more episodes and uh craig i'll catch you soon my friend Catch you on on the flip. (laughs) Flip it out. Peace. Peace out.